um, for you guys. Second Corinthians chapter nine. And we're going to read some verses there. But I thought this morning that it would be appropriate for me to read from this particular portion of the letter um, since we are talking about our core values. Amen. Since we're talking about our core values, I thought it was appropriate that we read from here, from here in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, because our next core value is that of generosity. Can you guys say that with me? Say generosity. generosity. And I thought to myself that if anyone could help us understand what generosity is, it was Paul. If anybody, if anybody, if anybody could help us understand what generosity is, is Paul. Paul, you guys know who Paul is, right? Paul was a great apostle. He was a great apostle. And his life was changed due to an encounter that he had. Everything changed in his life because of his encounter. Paul, prior to being an apostle, he was a persecutor of Christians. And he had an encounter with God. I would dare to say that, that, that Paul had an encounter with generosity. Say with me, generosity. He had an encounter with generosity, and from that point on, everything changed. His heart completely changed. And I say this because... I say uh, the reason why I say that he had an encounter with generosity is because how many of you know that in order for you to show kindness, mercy, and even grace to an individual, and I'm using Paul as a reference so that you could understand what I'm talking about, but in order for you to show kindness to someone who has made it their life's purpose and who has made it their life's mission to persecute people and to hurt people and to persecute the church of God according to, 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 to the Bible, to even persecute God himself, for, for anybody to show that level of kindness, it requires something more than just having some generosity in your spirit. The word generosity and what that means, it means to show kindness. It also means a willingness to share with others and so to show that level of generosity because I would dare to say that what Paul encountered was generosity. To show that level of generosity and grace, especially to someone who doesn't deserve it, it, requ it requires a God-like character. It, re it requires something that only God has the ability to do and Paul encounters this in his journey and his name was Jesus. Man, when I, when I first thought about that, and I imagine the church actually praising God because of this breakthrough. Because I want you to understand that in order for anyone, in order for anyone to show that level of kindness, I'm going to see if you can pick up on it just a little bit more. In order for anyone to show you that level of kindness, especially to a person who's made it their life's mission to ruin everybody else's life, in order for someone to show you that level of kindness, it required something more. Say, say with me, it requires something more than me just being nice. It required something more than me just being a polite individual. It required a godlike character. And his name was Jesus. But I want you to know how powerful this really is. His name is Jesus. Say with me, his name is Jesus. Say it with conviction. Say, his name is Jesus. I want you to know that he is the way, the truth, and the life. This is who Paul encountered. His name was Jesus. He is the Christ, the anointed king. If you didn't know this, know this now. He is the Christ, the anointed king. He is the bread of life. 
He is what the word says is the living very word of God who was with God, who is God, who dwelt among men. He's not just the living word of God. He is the only begotten son of God. I need you to understand the impact of what happened to Paul's life. He wasn't just the living word. He's not just the only begotten son. According to scripture, he is the last Adam. He is also, say with me, the bread of life. He is also the bread of life. He's not just the bread of life, but he is also considered the mediator between you, say, between me and God himself. He is the resurrected Messiah. His name is Jesus, and he changed the trajectory of Paul's life forever. This is powerful stuff here. His name is is Jesus. He wasn't just any ordinary man who just happened to walk the earth and was cool, calm, and collective. But in order for you to show that much generosity to someone, there has to be a godlike character birthed from within inside of you. And his name was Jesus. Paul began persecuting the church, but due to this encounter, he began taking care of the church instead. He started off as a persecutor. He started off as one who was judging. He started off as one who was pointing and blaming and trying to, and trying to harm the people who serve God. And because of this encounter with generosity, he changed his level of walking and he began to take care of the church. There was a shift. Say with me, there was a shift in his heart. And I wonder if this too will happen to us. I wonder if the change in our trajectory in life, the change in our trajectory, I wonder if it won't just be limited to just from not going to church to going to church. I wonder if it actually will be changed not just to go to church, but to actually help the church. How many of you wonder that with me? I wonder if, if rather than walking and talking and in action, rather than operating in the moment, say with me in the moment. Because I'm going to tell you a little secret about the moment in a few seconds. But I wonder if, if rather than walking and acting and responding in the moment, we would actually respond to the truth. I, I, wonder, I wonder if we too are eager to extend our resources to those that are in need. And we're going to get into this, but I just needed to give you some perspective because Paul had a heart change from persecuting and judging the church to actually aiding them. And we see this in Galatians chapter 2. In Galatians chapter 2, Paul was just being inducted into, into the apostleship. And, and some of the apostles, they said to Paul, they said, look, here's what we want you to do. We want you to preach to all of the Gentiles and we'll preach to all of the Jews. And they're having this conversation with Paul. And look at what it says here in Galatians 2.10. Because I, I, want, I want you to see that this all has to do with his encounter with generosity. It changed everything. Galatians chapter 2 verse 10, it's not a printable verse, but it's on the monitor so that you can see. It says this, as they were talking and they were telling Paul, look, you, pre you preach to the Gentiles, we preach to the Jews. And this is what they said to him. It says, all they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor. And it says, the very thing I had been eager to do all along. And what I see here is a change in language because at one point in Paul's life, what he was eager to do was to persecute the church. 
what he was eager to do was to find a family, a group of people who weren't serving God right so that they can be judged and stoned. What he was eager to do was break down the church. But here, as a result of his encounter, he says, look, all they want from us is to remember those that are in need in Jerusalem. And he's like, everything that they want from us, and he's talking to his guys that he's, that he's pretty much flourishing and raising up. He's like, all they want, all they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor. And he's like, look, it's the very thing that I have been eager to do all this time. I've been eager to do it all this time. And Paul writes this section of the letter of Corinthians because they had decided to help the church in Jerusalem. The church in Jerusalem was suffering from poverty. And so the Corinthians, they had decided that they were going to help the church in Jerusalem. And Paul writes this section of this letter because he wanted to make sure that they didn't change their mind. Because how many of you know that we often make decisions on certain things in our lives when everything is going well. But the moment we encounter conflict, everything changes. When everything is going well, we decide, I'm going to help how Spanish people say, fulano and fulana. I'm going to help my neighbor. I'm going to help my family member. But the moment that there is conflict, the moment that there is a problem, the moment that issues arise and my resources are depleted, I begin to change my mind. And Paul was trying to bring them back to remembrance. To the place where they had where they had decided, I'm going to help the Jerusalem church. And so I titled this sermon today, I've made my mind up. Can you look at somebody, look at a neighbor, look at somebody, say it to somebody on Zoom, say, I've made my mind up. Man, I wish, listen, if I was in the Coliseum, I guarantee you people would be excited. I need you to be excited. I need you to say loud and proud, say, I've made my mind up. Man, there's something about a person who makes their minds up that blows everything out of the water. So let's go ahead and dive into 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And we're going to read from verse 6 to 11. It's going to be on the monitor. I've made my mind up. I've made my mind up. And it says here in verse 6, it says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. And where we're going to focus on is really verse 7 and 8. And that's where I want to take the junk of what we're going to talk about today. But look at what it says throughout the rest of this section of the letter. It says, whoever uh, sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. And it says, each of you should give what you've decided. What you've decided. Some translations say, each of you should give what you've purposed. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Say with me, God loves a cheerful giver. A a cheerful giver is someone who is cheerfully ready to act because they have already approved or decided on that one decision. One who is cheerful is one who is ready to act. 
A cheerful giver is one who is always happy because in giving, they are happy in giving. And because of that, they are happy. There's joy. It's one who's approved. And watch verse 8 because I thought it was the most powerful part of it all. It says here, and God is able. Say, he's able. I want you to, I want to make sure that you are here with me. Say, he is able. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. I thought that re- um, deserved a second reading there. It says, it says, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And it says, as it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor Their righteousness endures forever. Verse 10 says, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. And it says, and you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous. See, I want to be generous. I just need like one person that can speak with conviction. Say, I want to be generous. And it says, and you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. How many of you love that word this morning? You know, whenever I think of generosity, I think to myself, what, what would I consider a generous act? Right? What, what, what would I really consider a generous act? And I want to ask you a question. How many of you have ever seen Undercover Boss? How many of you have ever seen? You've seen Undercover How many of you wish you were on Undercover Boss? Let's, let's speak some facts. How many of you hate that you know your boss? Because he can't be undercover. Right? How many of you hate that you know who the owner is and the owner knows who you are? Nobody? I wish the owner didn't see my face. I love Undercover Boss because you guys know what it's about, right? It's fun watching it, especially if you imagine yourself being there. And it makes you really think, like, I got to be careful how I am at work. I got to be careful how I'm at work. Uh, Undercover Boss is all about how the owners or or maybe not just the owners but the higher-ups, right? When we're talking about large organizations, the higher-ups, they pose as a new hire. And they come in and, 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 yeah, we know that at the end of the show there's some people that get blessed, right? But it's not about that. Undercover boss, what they do is they pose as an as a, as a new hire, and what they're trying to do really is kind of get a gauge on the environment, on the culture. They they want to see how the employees are reacting and responding to like the workload. They want to see if there's anything that they can do. And what's funny about that show is that these guys they come in and they 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 really they really act it out. They pretend like they don't know anything. I mean, if you lack patience in your life. And you got to work with someone who's making tons of mistakes. Undercover boss may not be for you. And these, these guys come in, they're making tons of mistakes. And I'm going to speak some truth. I don't think all the mistakes are on purpose. I really think that they just don't know how to do this stuff. But, but they're also adding to it, right? They're, they're kind of like doing things on purpose 
to see who they can aggravate. They want to see how these workers are responding, and it's important. And what I love about the show is that, right, there's always that one. And I always wonder, and this is just me, a sidebar, I always wonder if the people who really get these gifts, if they knew, right? Because they know they're being filmed, but they're telling them that the reason why you're being filmed is because the company's doing something. They're just filming. So they know they're being filmed, but they don't know it's undercover boss. Because some of them go extra, right? They go the extra mile. People are making a mistake. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And I think one of the most touching parts of this show is, is when people start to really share their stories, right? When someone starts to really share their story, it's heartbreaking what some of these people are going through. And what they're doing to, like, make a living. And all the hurdles and all the mountains that are in front of them, but it doesn't change their perspective. They kind of come in the same way to work. They approach life and they approach what they're doing, right? And those be the very people that get blessed. And, and you start to see like a level of generosity, not just with cash. I mean, some people, their education is being paid for. Other people, they're gifted some new cars. I've seen somebody get a house. I'm like, Lord, we need some more undercover bosses. We need some more of that. We need some more undercover. Come to my job. Be undercover. I'll let you make all the mistakes you want. I'll let you make all the mistakes. Can I get a mic? Because this is like loose on my ear. I'll let you get, I'll let you make all the mistakes that you want. Come to my job. But what I noticed about it is that when you think about the show, they were generous. The the, the bosses, the, 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 the higher ups, they were particularly generous because they felt that the person who they were being generous with and what they were extending and how they were extending their resources, they truly felt like that person deserved it, right? They truly, oh, you guys can hear me, sounds different. They, they truly, they truly felt like that person deserved it. And, and, and it's crazy because they were generous only because the person deserved it, yet according to scripture, say according to my God, Generosity does not begin the moment that you feel like someone deserves kindness. According to scripture, that's not where it begins. It doesn't begin like that. Generosity begins in the heart way before. Say it begins way before. It, 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 originated, it originates from a choice that was made beforehand. It doesn't start when you feel like this person or that person, they actually deserve, they had such a sad story and I was completely moved and because I was moved, now I'm going to be generous. Generosity starts way before. I want you to know that God's willingness to give Paul another chance. Because Paul was, Paul was a tough one. I mean, it, it, was, it was so brutal that, that, that when they describe Paul's journey to Damascus, Jesus doesn't say, like, Paul, what are you doing? He's like, why are you persecuting me? I felt Jesus took it personal. Like, what you are doing, you're doing to me. And even though he was doing some things to him, God still gave him another chance. He still showed him generosity. But God's willingness to give Paul another chance wasn't because Paul was deserving of it. It all had to do with who God actually was. This had nothing to do with Paul had such a sad story. And, and right, we do psychology now. So it's like, man, the reason why you are the way that you are is because when you were younger, right, you had a broken home and everything. Like, imagine if scripture went that route. 
And God was like, Paul, it's okay. And I'm not discrediting psychology, and I'm not discrediting your environment. I'm just trying to show you how different it is. Could you imagine if God was like, Paul, I know you're going to go kill some people, and you're going to bind some families, and you're going to stone them. It's going to be gruesome, but I understand what you're going through. You had a rough childhood. They taught you the wrong way, so that's really the result. Generosity, according sometimes to our standards, is like I'm generous to people who deserve my generosity. But according to scripture, it has absolutely nothing to do with that. See, generosity is a matter of the heart, not a matter of worthiness. Generosity is a matter of the heart, not a matter of worthiness. And it also isn't a matter of your wallet. Generosity is a matter of of choice, not pressure. Say, not pressure. Say, I got to choose to do it. Generosity, and when I mean generosity, I mean kindness. It's also a fruit of the spirit. But generosity is not limited to just you being charitable. It's more than that. Say, it's more than that. Generosity has more to do with the state of the individual, not the state of their bank accounts. It's important that you understand this. And I feel like this is why Paul was not asking them to give a specific amount. He wasn't asking them to be generous this much. Like, make sure you give at least this much. All he was asking from them was, make sure that you've given what you've decided in your heart. Say with me beforehand. Paul was like, make sure you decide to give what's in your heart before things got tough. Because I feel like I feel like when we first encounter Christ, we have a different level of giving. We give at a whole nother level. Why? Because we encountered someone so great and so forgiving and so merciful and so full of righteousness that he looks at us as if we've been doing everything right from day one, even though we are a mess. And we encounter this God that is so powerful and so willing to even use us, even when we're not at the best of our A game. And when we encounter a God so powerful enough to do this, we're willing to do everything for him, but then life gets in the way. And so Paul was like, He was like, look, I want you to, I want to make sure that you, that you have decided to give what's in your heart. Say with me beforehand. I want you to know that our love for the church, and, and I don't mean passageway. I want you to hear me loud and clear. They weren't giving to a church. They were giving to the poor in Jerusalem, to the church in Jerusalem. When I say the church, I'm referring to the body of Christ. I don't care what building you attend. It doesn't really matter. Our love for the church and our generosity towards the church and our willingness to give to the church should not begin because I stood up here and created an entire sermon begging you to give or complaining that you're not giving enough. Our generosity, our choosing to give, it should not be given because of that. The only reason, say with me, the only reason because I want you to get this down in your soul. The only reason, say with me, that I should be generous is because generosity met me at my doorstep. Can you say that just one more time? Say, the only reason I'm going to be generous is because generosity met me at my doorstep. 
Because I want you to understand his name is Jesus. And this is so important for the Corinthian church. Because they weren't, if you ever read the book of Corinthians, they weren't all put together. But the God that they serve was all put together. And when generosity meets you at your doorsteps, he does some things in your life that changes your heart and changes your perspective. See, when generosity met me at my door, he cleaned me up and he presented me holy without stain or wrinkle. When generosity met me at my doorstep, he made me whole again. When generosity met me at the worst pivotal point of my life, he said, even right there, I will sit you in heavenly places alongside me. When generosity met me at my door, when he met me at my place of, of pain, of, of, of confusion, of darkness, when generosity showed up to my door, he provided everything that I ever needed. And there has never been a time where my children have ever begged me. I may not got, I may not, I'm, he may not have given me everything that I wanted, but he surely gave me everything that I needed. When generosity meets you at your door, he doesn't give you what you deserve. He goes above and beyond because of who he is. It changes everything. This is why I love John 3.16 so much. I love it with a passion. I think it should be uttered by every believer and confessed and, and, and just memorized and shout out in the streets. John 3.16 is so powerful because it says this, for God so loved the world that he gave. For God so loved the world that he gave. For God so loved a world that didn't deserve absolutely anything, yet he still gave. Why? Because his giving wasn't based on your behavior. It was based on his decision. I need you to see this. God's giving went, say it went way back. Look at, look at with me, journey with me to Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 4 to 5. And I think we're going to have it up in just a second. I want you to understand that what God does for us, it goes way back. And that's why Paul was trying to get the church to go way back. Don't change your decision now. You've already decided beforehand. I want to make sure you stick with that decision. Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 4 to 5 says this. It says, for he chose us in him before, say with me, before. If you got a Bible, you ought to highlight that word and hold on to it and put it in your pocket and put it in your purse and take it with you to work and take it with you everywhere. And when you are in the darkest moment of your life, make sure you take, you guys ever seen that game where they put their cell phones right here and there's like a word and everyone's trying to guess it? I, you need to make sure that it says before. It says for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. And it says, it says in verse 5, he, or it says in love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. He chose us in him before. The, you guys know the creation story, right? Remember in the beginning when, when God was building things and he was like, and it is good. And he created the heavens and the earth, and it was good. And he created all the animals, and it was good. But remember when it wasn't so good anymore? Remember when God gave a command, and we broke it, 
and then all of a sudden a snowball effect happened and things got worse. I hear people say it today. God's coming soon because the world's getting worse. The snowball effect is still happening. Even if we say within the core of our beings that it's getting worse, I want you to know that Christ chose you and is still pursuing you and is still chasing you because his decision was not based on the snowball effect in your life. It was, say with me, before. Paul is telling the church, don't back down on that decision that you made when? Before. Because I am here today because, not because I'm perfect. As a matter of fact, at one point in scripture, Paul's like, look, I'm the worst of all of them. But I met a God who decided my fate when? Before. That's why your giving has to be before it gets messy. That's why your generosity has to be when? Before it gets crazy. I want you to know that God never gives what he feels, nor does he give because he is being pressured. He only gives from his truth. And here's the truth. You guys want to hear it? God loves you. He never gives from emotion. He never gives from your state of being. He never gives based on the things that you checked off or you didn't check off in life. He never gives based on pressure. He never gives because he just feels bad for you. He only gives based on truth. And the truth is, is that he loves you. You want to know another truth? He loves you. Why? You want to know why? Because he is love. Do you guys know what love is? Does anyone know what love is? Can I feed it to you? Just the way he said it. He loves you not because I'm just a lovable guy. He loves you and chose you in him before, say with me, before. Because he is love. And if we go to 1 John chapter 4, verse 10, verse 10, you don't even got to go to Google. You don't even have to go to the Webster's Dictionary. It's right here in the Bible. God is love. Now watch what it says. It says what? This is what? What does it say? This is what? He's already given it to you. This is love. The Bible says God is love. Not that he loves, but that he is the epitome. He is love. And it says here, look. This is love. What is this? It says this is love. Not that we love God. It says, but that he loved us and did what? He sent his only begotten son to us. This is love. Not that you love God, but that he gave his son. That's exactly what love is. I want to ask you some questions that I want you to just let it simmer in your soul. Let it simmer in the bottom of, 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 your, of your depths. Could you imagine if your generosity was birthed out of his generosity? Could you imagine that? Could you imagine if your generosity was not birthed out of your bank account? Or your generosity was not birthed out of, I'm having good days. Because how many of you know that generosity, it, it, it doesn't have everything to do with money. It's about everything that you have. It's about your time, your resources, your willingness to extend a hand. It's about your kindness. 
Could you imagine if your generosity wasn't based on, oh, I'm having a good day, so I feel like helping a few people. Or it wasn't based on the recipient, the person who's on the other side of my generosity. They've been doing pretty good, and I thought they deserved it. Could you imagine if your generosity, the core value of it, was only birthed from his generosity to you? Could you imagine if rather than deciding who deserves it, you decided to to serve him and his call for your life? Could you imagine that? Like rather than wondering who deserves my generosity, who deserves my kindness, rather than figure out who deserves it, I instead just say, you know what, I want to serve him and his call over my life. Could you imagine if you gave your heart fully to him, how that would impact how you give fully to others? Could you imagine that? Imagine for a second you gave all that you are to God. You gave everything that you had. Imagine if you just said, God, look, all that I am is yours. Could you imagine how that would impact how you give to others? Could you imagine that? I know know it's not an easy thing to imagine. It's like imagining if you were on, I was going to say cake boss, but that was the wrong show, undercover boss. I think I'm hungry, and I thought of cake boss. Could you imagine if you just decided to say yes to him today before you encounter any problems tomorrow? That would do it. I promise you I'm almost done. Could you imagine, because this is what Paul was trying to tell the church. Like, like remember guys, you said you were going to give to those who were struggling in Jerusalem. And Paul was trying to make sure that they didn't change their mind because life sometimes will cause people to change their mind. That's why at the beginning of your journey with God, you're on fire. But after a while, your flames are so low. And you're not as eager. And you're not as motivated. And, and a lot of it is because of how you feel. And how other people make you feel. And how life has made you feel. And, 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 and all the things that you were willing to do in day one, by day four, you're not even willing to do 80% of that. And Paul was like, I want to make sure that you are giving the way that you've decided beforehand. Could you imagine what it would look like if you gave what you've decided in your heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, not, 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 not in spite of things, not because you were being pressured. Could you imagine if you only gave what you've decided, and even though the external environment and people change and things change and everything sometimes turn out for the worse, and those same people that you were going to extend kindness to are now betraying you. Could you imagine if you did it anyway? Why? Because I already decided beforehand. Could you imagine if your decision to be generous only predicated on the fact that Jesus was generous to you? Could you imagine that? People would fully think that you were, they were taking advantage of you. And it was important that 
Paul reminded the church about the power of decision. Say the power of decision. Give what you've decided beforehand and do not waver because God loves a cheerful giver. He loves a cheerful giver. Say with me, God loves a cheerful giver. Not the ones that fake it till they make it. I'm not talking about the one with the smile. I want to help you today. God loves a cheerful giver. There's information that you ought to know to make you cheerful. And it's right in the word of God. God loves a cheerful giver. He loves one who is cheerful because they know one truth. And it's found in verse 8 of what we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. God loves a cheerful giver. So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. That's what a cheerful giver is. A cheerful giver understands that I don't give out of emotion. I give out of truth. And what's the truth of the matter? That God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having everything that you will ever need, you will abound in every, say with me, every good work. Their giving wasn't random, but it was motivated by the encounter with Jesus. It was motivated by the truth. I want you to know this one truth, that we should be generous. Say, say with me and own it, own it. Say, I should be generous because he is generous. Say, I should be generous because he is generous. He decided in the beginning to give to you. Beforehand. Scripture says that he decided before the foundations of the world. Before he started creating and he was watching how beautiful his creation was. He decided to bring you to him. That's why it's funny how sometimes the church could push people out. It wasn't your call. It's not my call to look at what you do on a daily basis and judge you. It's my call, or it's my job, to remind you that for people, you can push people away, but you can't push God away. Sometimes we do things to one another on purpose. Because I want to keep you away from me. Because I want to be by myself. Because I don't want everybody to see my stains. Because I don't want everybody to see my mess. Because I don't want everybody to see my needs. Because I don't want everybody in my life. Because I don't want anybody in my business. But you know who you can't put a, push away? His name is Jesus. You can never push him away. Even when you are running in the opposite direction, just like Paul, he will meet you on your journey and he would ask you, what are you doing? I've chosen you in me before the foundations of the world. I've chose you in me. I didn't just choose you for me. I've chosen you to be holy and blameless and without fault and without stain and without all this gooey stuff all over you and without life being a black cloud over your life I chose you before then God's a God of his word 
That's why we don't understand them. And we often think that, no, you can't do that because you may be taking advantage. You can't take advantage of a God who's already made his final decision. That's why the events leading up to the cross, even when he knew Judas was going to betray, he couldn't change his mind. Why? He already decided that I was going to give my son for a people that I love. I was going to draw them to me. They were going to be mine. They were always going to be mine. They were always meant to be mine. And that's the message you ought to give to the world. That's why we are to be generous. Why? Generosity met us at our footsteps. He met us right at our door. And he told us, I will give you anyway, even if you got nothing to give back to me. excites you. I hope that it teaches you something. I hope that it changes your trajectory. That wherever you are now, that it isn't predicated because of what you're dealing with, but it's only predicated because of what he gave. Because he gave, I now give. Watch how this changes. Watch how generosity changes. Because he forgave, so will I. Because he was kind to me, so will I be kind to people. Watch how it changes. It changes from using people as like your pivotal point of, this is why I treat you this way. Because of what you've done for me. It changes. Generosity is not just about money. It's about everything. Like I will pray for people because of what he's done for me. I will serve the church, the body of Christ, not because I think they deserve it. Not because I got a thousand and one complaints of what the church isn't doing for the community and what the church isn't doing for so-and-so, for fulano and fulana. Right? That's how Spanish people say, I don't even know how to say that in English. Fulano and fulana. And when I was a young kid, I thought that was somebody's name. I'm like, who's fulano? Who would name their child, child fulano? Does anyone know what that is in English? Spanish people just make words up, fulano. That's someone, right? Somebody out there. Can I ask you an honest question? Will you journey back to when you first encountered Christ? When you first heard about this God that judged you and loved you? Would you journey back and remember all the promises you just about us. We made promises about our family. We made promises about our future. We made promises about our next steps. Let your generosity, generosity be completely molded by your guiding purpose, not by people. If you allow how you give and what you give and when you give, whether it be your time, whether it be your resources, whether it be a lending hand, whether it just be like forgiving people or, or just like being there for somebody, if you allow that to be dictated by people, you will never see the glory of God. His glory is seen in the miracles. And what the world said can't be done, but in God's, eye, God's eyes, he's like, yo, it can be done because I'm a good God. And I can turn anybody around. 
I can change anybody's story. I'll accept everybody. It's who I am. It's who I am. How many of you are ready to be generous? How many of you are excited to be generous? To allow your generosity to be dictated and motivated and predicated on the fact that Jesus one day went to the cross even when you didn't deserve it. And he was willing to give. He said he was going to give and he gave it anyway. He gave it anyway. Can you guys stand on your feet with me? I am willing to give it all because he gave it all. God withholds no good gifts from his children. I pray we don't withhold things from people. And I know this sounds like, what are you talking about, Pastor? You're saying I got to empty my bank account? No, I'm telling you, you need to empty your heart. He'll guide you in what's, what's the right thing to do. The Holy Spirit will show you when someone's in need. In need of a conversation, in need of a hug. In need of, of, of just some, some encouraging words need of financial resources. He'll guide you. Empty your heart of all the stains. Let him fill you. Let him be the reason so that everything you do will always bring glory to him. I didn't do it because I'm cool. I did it because he is. I did it because of what he's done for me. You guys ever seen the movie Pay It Forward? No? You guys never seen that Pay It Forward? Thank God you guys said you didn't see it because I remembered it, but I forgot exactly how it went. But you know the idea of paying it forward, right? You just kind of keep that. Could you imagine if we pay it forward with forgiveness? Like he forgave me, so I will forgive. And then it turns into like this domino effect. I will love. I will be kind. I will be generous. I will serve. I will give myself. I won't be afraid. I will be bold. I will be confident. I won't be ashamed. I will shout his name. I will trust in him. I will give myself to him because he gave himself for me. Could you imagine that? I want to pray with you today. I want you to close your eyes right now. If you're watching online, close your eyes as well. We could have talked about so many different things in reference to generosity, but